0: This is It Just Takes One, one person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. Vulnerable with these moms and ask them like specific intentional questions. I realized
1: so many other moms were dealing with very like Similar things. Not, we don't go through the same exact journey, but it doesn't matter. You know, Susie's situation and blows, and my situation and blows. There's our struggles. They might be different, but we all feel them the same.
0: Calling all moms! All of you who are moms, or who intend to someday become moms, or even all of you who have had a mom, <laughs> I think will enjoy the conversation that we're going to have on our episode today. Today, I had the privilege and honor of talking with Tanya Pershing. Tanya is the best-selling author of the book, Momming. It's not all sparkles and tutus. <laughs> and those of us who are moms can completely relate to that statement. In the conversation today, Tanya takes on this topic of, of momming, and, and it's a really open, honest, authentic conversation. I think you'll get a lot from it. Her main point and her mission is to make sure that all of us who are moms recognize that we are not alone, that it is not always perfect, but that that is okay, that the struggles will pass, and that there are lots of things we can do to help us when we're going through those struggles, including, as Tanya puts it, linking our arms together and helping each other get through the challenges that come with being a parent. She shares lots of ideas of things she's learned through this process, and I'm gonna let her do the talking. But I just wanna encourage you, if you are a mom out there and you're feeling like you're alone, Tanya's overarching message is this, we are all in this together. And I'm gonna invite you together to sit back and listen in as Tanya Pershing shares her story. Oh yeah, hello, it's so great to have you on the podcast. How are you today? I'm
1: so good. Kelly, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking
0: forward to this. Oh, I am too. And Tanya, let's just start by giving the listeners a little bit of background and share with them a little bit about how you and I are connected, obviously through book writing, but well before that, you and I knew each other. So go ahead and share a little bit about how we first met.
1: So I love stories. Um, And my favorite story about how we really met when Kelly, when you came into my life and made like a boom, like just that, That indent in my life. We were actually uh, at the Todd Durkin mastermind. Gosh, was it? um, I don't think it was February of last year. I think it was the fall. You will have to remind me what when this was, but it was over a year ago and we were in the San Diego airport and we, it was breakfast. We were catching our flights to go home on Sunday. And I remember I was waiting for my bagel to come. And I think you were too. And I, I mentioned something to you about just how I was, I drew, we had a piece of paper and I drew a line and I started to draw a mountain. And I was explaining to you where my husband and I started on this Level um, platform and how he's still there and I'm now and I drew a little stick figure for if you recall on the mountain and I said and I'm I'm getting you know I keep seeking growth and mentors and podcasts I'm getting better and I'm climbing up this mountain but the problem is is I want to focus up towards God but I find myself constantly wanting to pull Billy up that mountain and how you looked at me and said Tanya the problem is, is you have to stop looking down and you have to focus forward. And it was just this simple, these simple words that you said to me, we didn't really know each other. We just knew of each other. We were just surrounded by each other's presence at the mastermind. But it was that point where I'm like, you just made such an indentation in my heart by just those simple words and i've lived with them like i'm like every time i go to look down i'm like no nope, he will join keep focusing up I, i'm not going to look down so that's kind of awesome. a good
0: story it's a great story and i do remember i'm so glad you brought it up i do remember standing at that kind of counter at that bagel place and i remember now that you're saying it that and yeah i think i think my message was keep walking forward your job isn't to want isn't to live his life it's to live yours, something along that line. And it, um, yeah, so true. We do spend a lot of time trying to get ourselves into everybody else's life and pull them along where we are or push them back or whatever. Um, and sometimes we just need to be reminded that we just, we're here to walk our path. Yes. So true. So true. And you have done that, Tanya, you have walked Mm -hmm. your path in ways that have been amazing to experience even from out here so i'm I'm excited to share some of that with your with the listeners today too part of that path has been this path to writing this book and i want i want you to share the story of the first day that you called me with with this idea that you were going to write a book and, and kind of share what what was going through your head at that moment oh gosh kelly uh so
1: i I don't even know where to start on it was emotional when I called you because I had just heard a voice that I'd never heard before so loud and so clear um and it scared me this voice because again you know it was God's voice and I know that people always say oh I can hear it and I I can understand and not all the time but they can they they mention things around it but I've never really truly heard God's voice and a question was asked of me, on um, on this labor particular Labor Day morning, um, which sparked this, um, it just sparked me to go, it, it sparked me to hear God's voice. And I heard it so loudly. And he said, Tanya, I want you to open your journal and I want you to write the lessons you've learned in motherhood. I'm like, I haven't learned any lessons in motherhood. What are you talking about? He goes, open your journal. And I know that's crazy, but I, I, it was so loud and clear. And I did. And I instantly, like, I wrote down nine lessons. And he looked at me, well, you don't look like at him, but he said, he's like, he kind of hit me with the hand. He goes, this is the book you're going to write. And I'm like, what? It was just like, what? This? what? I guess it is. And I remember sharing, um, this with Andrew, who you have had the journey of walking with his book. So I immediately told Andrew the next day, cause I knew I had to like get it out of me and I had to have somebody hold me accountable. And then when I got on the phone with you, that became really real, right? I'm like, this is really happening. And never in a million years um, did I imagine that I would then write this book that, this, that just that little voice, was really the direction of me writing a book. I mean, it just still blows my mind. Um, I I can't believe, but I remember getting on the phone with you and just going, sharing that story with you and um, just explaining. Um, I think I even just kind of shared my why behind it. And it was just how alone I felt in this journey of motherhood and momming. And um, how I just didn't want other moms to feel that way anymore, because I think we, I think I found that we were suffering silently.
0: So I think I shared that with you and here we are. You really did. And you actually, that is a great segue into allowing me to read just a little snippet from your book. By the way, for those of you listening, the book is called Momming. It's not all sparkles and tutus. And Following up on that comment that you just made, I'd love to read this to you. This is what you wrote. I'm worn out by feeling alone, alone on this journey of motherhood. We are all called to be better than we are today and yesterday. We are called to support one another on this journey of life and momming. We are called to grow, learn, and share. Let's promise to stop being silent and to stop being fake." This journey of parenting is hard, really hard. It's part of our job description to walk through the fires of our kids' choices and struggles. As a parent, we walk and walk and walk. And sometimes we get crushed. Still, as blow after blow after blow comes our way, we get through each one. I have learned lessons through each blow. And I am hoping that through my experiences and authenticity, you too Will have the courage and strength to get through each blow in your children's lives. As parents, we need to make a decision to support one another, grow, and learn from each other.
1: Sorry, like tears start to come down because when you read that, like you read my heart right there. Like that's that, that, you just pull heartstrings because it is. I walked through some fires and And I do, I felt blow after blow and it's like, can another blow come my way? And, but I got through them. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: let's talk about you as a mother. You have two sons. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your boys.
1: So I have two teenagers. I have an 18 year old son and I have a 15 year old son now. Um, And I have a husband, his name's Billy, and uh, we will be almost 21 years being married um, this year. And I have baseball boys and they love baseball. They love sports. And um, I would say that the reason this book came about, honestly, was because of my oldest son and the choices that he has made Over the years, like choices that sometimes landed me in a fetal position in tears, thinking like blows, right? Like you were reading, I just kept getting blow after blow. And I I was getting to a point where I. I felt so lonely. I felt, am I the only one that is struggling with my kids' choices? I'm watching him on a path of destruction. And no matter what I said or the guidance that I tried to give him, he was truly creating his own path. And there was absolutely nothing I could do but cry and figure out how am I going to get through these storms? Because they, they would literally take my breath away. And I realized, um, I get the fortune, I work at Players Fitness and Performance. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But I get to talk to hundreds of moms that walk in our doors. And it was with- then that I realized when I would become vulnerable with these moms and ask them like specific intentional questions, I realized so many other moms were dealing with very like similar things. Not we don't go through the same exact journey, but it doesn't matter. You know, Susie's situation and blows and my situations and there's our struggles, they might be different, but we all feel them the same. And I was noticing that as I scrolled on social media, Kelly, everybody's social media posts, including my own, they were fake. They they painted this perfect picture of these families on vacation, but I know deep down inside these moms, they're struggling, and but they're struggling silently. And oh, by the way, so am I. I'm also struggling silently. And I do, I feel Kelly, that God has given me this gift to connect, talk, be crazy, um, which I'm sure you you'll share, but I'm nuts, I'm crazy, I'm outgoing, I'm I've got, you know, I, I'm not scared of anything. I almost wonder if he God has been grooming me all of these times to um to prepare me to be that person that goes forth and breaks the status quo.
0: Mm. Mm. I want to talk about that. I'm going to I'm going to come back to that because mm-hmm. I that's an interesting based on your background that's an interesting train of thought but I want to actually stay stay with the mom piece for one more moment mm-hmm. because I think you know you and I've had this conversation many times and I and I absolutely agree with you anybody who has parented teenagers or young adults as I'm parenting now mm-hmm. understands the trials and tribulations of our kids as they make their choices and make their way and find their path and us as moms as we have to guide them but we can't make the decisions and all the things you just described mm-hmm. with your experience now of of working with moms and talking with moms and being really focused on this what do you think that is Tanya why do you think that we feel like we have to put on this face that everything is just great and fine and that we and that we really Struggle, struggle to share the struggle that we we are challenged to share the reality. What what do you attribute that to? Honestly, um, I think a big portion
1: of it, and I have to dig deep inside. I, I I write blogs weekly, and one of the blogs I I wrote about was fear of judgment. And I do, Kelly. I think that social media is such a wonderful tool, and it is such an evil tool all at the same time. And I think people fear judgment and that it's fear, it's fear-based and that eats at me. Like, and I was, and I'm kind of included in that. And I think that's a big reason why we stay silent and we don't put our, I mean, okay, gosh forbid we share something um you know our kid cheated on our test our kid got wrapped up in drugs oh we can't share that what will people think about us we oh but we we are not those kinds of parents we we can't put that on social media we we don't want people to judge us for that but honestly how many of us are really truly desperately Need that support, you know? Yeah. I, I, and I know yeah. everyone's like, well, how about friend groups? That's fine to share with friend groups. But honest to goodness, I found myself very alone, needing, and, and I'm a person that needs that support system. And I wasn't really feeling that. I didn't feel like I could really be open and honest.
0: That's kind of, is that a... It really uh, is. And I think that it's, I think it's so true. And I really think that it is something that we can get better at. And and, and I'm curious from your perspective because, because you are so able to share and, and, and you have somehow found the way to be vulnerable and be authentic and share that way, which I think gives others the permission to do the same. Mm-hmm what can we do to change this? What, what can we do to start interacting in a more authentic way? And, and to really with the, with the, the goal being to help us become better moms and help our kids become better in their lives as well. What do we do?
1: I, I, I'm, I'm trying to live it now. I'm trying to do it now. I'm trying to change the conversation. I'm trying to step out of the status quo. Like I shared, I'm trying to just pave the way and be different and not worry and fear about judgment. Um, and just be comfortable with the fact that I know I'm not alone. And if I have this big boisterous personality, how can I use it for good? And so I want to be better at coming out and sharing my heart and sharing struggles. And again, it started really with my blogging too. Um, I'm pretty real and raw on my blogs. And and then in turn, I then put them out on social media. Uh, But I think think as moms, we need to come together. We need to hook arms Hmm. and we need to come alongside of each other and stop tearing each other down. And I think the media is so bad at portraying that and when so judgmental and we, and, and it, it's a natural fear that we have, but I want, I want us moms to come alongside of each other and just break the barriers.
0: Awesome. I, I it's such a beautiful image of linking arms. I think that oh. is a really great mm-hmm. visual uh, because we, we, we get it, you know, we, we, we can get it because we've lived it. And That's I also awesome.
1: say, like, we're all in it together. We yeah. are all in it together. As much as I thought that I was by myself, I guarantee there are moms out there right now that are listening, going, "Oh, I feel like I am on an island all by myself." The attitude that my kids give me when I ask them to do something and they say no, you're like, "No," like, wh- I mean, you name it, like the the cell phones, the we are all in this same journey together. Let's fight it together. Let's link arms and let's, let's, let's support one another together so we don't feel
0: alone. Yeah. And, and there's so much power in, in connection and support and, um, yeah, there's there's so much to be offered in that. Let's talk a little bit about your boisterous personality, though, because yeah. it is certainly part of your charm and part of the reason that you're able to, to be who you are. You have a super interesting, unique upbringing, and mm-hmm. I want to share with the listeners a little bit about how you came to be at Players Fitness Performance in Maryland, because that's not where you began. <laughs> So would you like me to go to the all the way a little
1: bit to the beginning of um, the
0: beginning and share some of your story growing up?
1: You got it. So I, um, I grew up for the first 12 years of my life in Saudi Arabia. And a lot of people go, wow, that's, that's crazy. And it is crazy. so my dad has a really cool story. It's I wrote a lot about it in the beginning of the book. He is truly my hero. Uh, but my dad was the all-American dream story where he grew up in Iraq, in Baghdad, and his parents gave him all the money that they had you know, to get him an education in America. And he does. He came over to uh, Lynchburg College to play soccer. And um, he then meets my mom at a training school in Lynchburg College. Um, and they that's how they meet. And here my mom has never left the United States. And here my dad is, you know, a foreigner. And uh, they, they meet, they fall in love, they get married, they then have me. Well, my dad went to Georgetown Dental School. And he didn't really know what he wanted to do with his degree. He didn't want to open up his own practice. So he just kind of worked for his friends in Maryland. And then a professor from Georgetown called him and said, "Kavork, they are hiring up in or um, for Aramco. It's the oil company in Saudi Arabia. He said, go up to New Jersey and interview. Because my dad was fluent in English now arabic from living in baghdad but he grew up in an armenian family and he knew armenian so they're like go up interview well sure he got the job he comes down to my mom and he goes patsy we're moving to saudi arabia and she goes you're crazy and he's like shows her the papers like you see my salary we're moving to saudi arabia and so sure enough he, she he flies over, gets the house ready. I, we come over my mom and I, uh, five months later, I grew up there the best place ever. Sorry. You guys are going to all think your childhood was best. I, we, I had the best childhood ever. Um, fun story about my personality. When we, when I was five years old, we went on a trip around the world and I share this story, Kelly, cause you don't know it. Cause my parents just shared this with me, um, <laughs> a month ago. And so we were in Hong Kong, and uh, it. I am an only child, and uh, we. My we wake up and um, in the hotel. I wake up in the hotel, and again, I'm five years old, and I look around. My dad's sleeping, but my mom's not there. My mom always would wake up when we traveled early, would go downstairs quietly to have coffee. Well, my dad wakes up and can't find me, and he freaks out. And he goes out to like downstairs to find my mom. Well, my mom's drinking coffee, and there's no Tanya. And my dad's like, "Patsy, where's Tanya?" And she goes, "I don't know. I left her sleeping with you." Well, there was an outside market that was outside of I know, right? Outside of our hotel, my parents said that in my pajamas, I went from one vendor to the next and just started talking to every single vendor and made. Friends, now that I mean, that is my personality right there in oh a nutshell.
0: Oh my gosh, they so, must be <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> in today's teenage, we as... can't even compute that, right?
1: <laughs> These days, you're like, oh my gosh,
0: yeah, <laughs> that
1: is my personality in a nutshell.
0: Um. So your parents uh, fostered that they didn't they didn't you know sometimes I think we see we get it our, our children have a big personality and we try and push it out of them so that they conform right and we want them to conform to the rules and and you know to be quiet and all of that but your parents didn't they really allowed you to just bloom as you were.
1: they did they did and I had an unbelievable childhood um and experience and travels which I really think um, Because I traveled so much of the world, I am so in tune with different cultures and having a dad that's from a different culture. I'm so, so I think that also is another piece that God gave me to connect with people because I have a gift to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And it's something, um, so we'll fast forward, uh, to players, fitness, and performance. So I met Andrew when Andrew was 19 and, uh, my son, my oldest son at the time, Kyle was seven. And, uh, he, I was looking for a place for him to kind of, you know, do some training. Um, you know, I was a little bit of a crazy mom back then, you know, cause he was going to go professional baseball, you know, when he was seven for sure. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> so I found Andrew Well, he was interning and he made me and my family feel so special And every time he'd come back from school to intern, he always remembered our names. Well, then he then graduates. We had kind of split away from the gym he was at. Well, he remembered me and he calls me back and I then get my son, Kyle, back into training with Andrew. Well, then that's when he decides, okay, I'm kind of done renting different spots. I'm going to create my own company. It's going to be called players, fitness, and performance. I don't know what's going to happen. He didn't even share that. He only signed a one year lease with me until two years after the lease. And he's like, I had no idea. I just I just decided this is what I do. And if it worked, it worked. And if it didn't, it didn't. And so he came up to me at church. I remember I was with my family and he said, Tanya, he said, I really want you to come alongside of me on this journey. And I remember looking at him and going, Andrew, I believe in you so much that I will bullhorn you to the entire world. Now understand Andrew is 15 years, my junior. (laughs) And so Andrew has taken me on a journey and has pulled me out of my comfort zone. I have kicked. I have screamed. He got me into reading books. When he first t- told me I was going to read a book, I looked at him. and I said, do you know that I, when I walked across the university of Maryland stage and grabbed that diploma, I said, I will never read <laughs> another book again. I remember looking at him. And I was like, peace out. I'm done. No more books. So when Andrew would try to like, he has a way now of of anytime there's a change, he knows how to like trickle it in. So, Hey, we need to read this book. I'll get it for you on audio. Perfect. So we started audios and, and then I just became addicted to reading and learning because I was finally connected to books that I understood and I enjoyed and personal growth and I'm growing. And so here we started PFP, him and I and I was in charge of the customer service piece and he did all the training and we started off with nine division one lacrosse girls and we now seven and a half years later are over 450 guests and we have moved two times we are now in our brand new facility over seventeen thousand square feet and we have 21 team members which is crazy and And all of that that
0: big that growth that that uh, move into this newest facility happened during covid
1: it happened march 1st was our first day open here
0: yes yeah so yes um it speaks volumes of the Mm -hmm. program that you have there it speaks volumes of you Mm -hmm. and andrew Mm -hmm. and the 21 other team members that you have Mm -hmm. it speaks volumes of your your People, the members and the guests you have coming in, uh, because they you have you have created a, a really special, unique space there.
1: We are we are we are love powered coaches that produce results, deep rooted relationships. Hmm, surprise there. <laughs> and generational transformation. Like we're on a mission. And God, I always say, God's got his hands upon us and is guiding us. I feel like we're like little marionettes. So we're like, okay, yes, God. And we just kind of do whatever needs. Okay. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we need. Okay. And we just invisible That's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But here, I I like I said it started with me saying yes to Andrew. And um what a blessing. What yeah. a blessing to then him, Kelly, which might be another great segue looking at me and saying years ago, you will write a book one day. And I said, ah! <laughs> I won't even read a book. <laughs> I want to read one. You're lucky. I read the books right now. Like don't, don't go too far. He goes, I know Tanya. I know this. he's so, he's so sweet. I know. But I think I'm, I'm telling you one day, you will write your own book. I'm like, mm, I'm just going to support you in your book.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and here we are these many years later um, with your book in your hand,
1: mm.
0: you, you brought up another piece there that I really want to make sure we touch on um, because the, the faith component is certainly a huge part of PFP, but it's also obviously something that's a huge part of your life share a little bit about your faith and and how it plays a role in your life besides the marionette role um what is what is your faith what is what is that faith journey for you
1: uh i'll tell you it it really started 11 years ago um it really got that's when i started really seeking more wanting more craving more understanding the bible a little bit more and i had some angels i always say that that God put into my life to share with me the Bible and walk me through the Bible. So I understood, you know, when I was at church and they were doing the first reading, the second reading, the gospel reading, that I understood the history, the context. Like, where are you pulling this from? I have no idea. And so I started that journey um probably when I was about 35 years old. And I craved it. I remember it was a craving, like. No other, and then I will say you fast forward to when I met Andrew at 39, and that's when my faith catapulted forward. And he was kind of in the beginning of his faith, and I I kind of think we were a little bit equal in where we were and and in our beliefs, and we were going to church, and he started diving deep and I into his faith. And then he got connected with Todd Durkin and his and mentoring that put some really good practices um, and routines in place for him. One of them being his morning routine. And he wakes up, he would wake up every morning and the first, first, whatever, whether it was five, 10, 30 minutes, an hour was devoted to reading the Bible, growing closer in your relationship with God. And at first, I just kind of sat back and watched. But I really loved what I was seeing and his the changes that were happening in him. And I sought that out. I said, Andrew, hold my hand and tell me what are you doing because I like what I see and I want to do the same thing. And two things happened that have been game changers in my life. Um, The two choices that um, I made were creating a morning routine. So every single morning. I never, ever, ever look at my cell phone. I don't look at messages. I don't look at emails because that initially is like, oh gosh, I've got so much to do. And then my mind starts racing. Nope. I um, I, I give my first, uh, it used to start with five minutes. And five minutes grew to 15 minutes and 15 minutes grew to 30 minutes and COVID hit. And then it went to two hours. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was my first thing that I did is I committed my first moment, waking moments to God. And I started really understanding him and learning about him and my faith and my relationship grew um, stronger and stronger. So as I, again, let's go back to that story at the beginning when you and I met and I drew that platform. And here was this mountain that I was climbing, right? And all those little, that routine was making me a better person. And I was watching God change me from the inside out. I mean, changing me and yanking me out of my comfort zone and slapping scripture in front of me or books that were like you're not doing this, Tanya. And I'm like, oh gosh, you're right. Like I'm not doing this. And so making those, that routine created me to help me to like make changes in my life and they were good. Right. And I noticed things were changing in my family, in me and my kids. And so that was my one. Um, The second one is I started a gratitude journal in that quiet time. And Believe it or not, I was always a glass is half empty girl. Every situation, I it was the glass was half empty. I never saw the positives in it. I my mind went right to negatives. And when I started doing the gratitude journal and I just started putting those little deposits in every single day, it has trained my mind now to go in every situation. And in my book, you will read I have dealt with a lot of blows and I will tell you at every blow, I have to stop and say, what are the gratitudes in this situation? Because God always will, he he will always take your mess and he will make it a message and bring about blessings. It's a matter of, are your eyes open to seeing them? So my faith has grown exponentially in the last 11 years particularly in the last seven and a half since I've been in, in with Andrew for sure.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. He holds me
1: accountable. That's another thing. I have an accountability partner, right? Who is like, Hey, sharing stuff. Hey, look what I've read. This is a sermon. You got to read this. You got to look at this. And it's like, wow. So it's been, you know, when you see changes in yourself for the good I mean, I, I, I am super faithful and I I think that is, that is God just pulling me out of my comfort zones daily to become better, a better version of me, a better, a better yesterday.
0: And how has that helped you as a mom? How has it helped you when you've been struggling or even not struggling, just kind of living through being a mom? Can I read this
1: to you? Yes. So this was in my quiet time last yesterday morning. Um, it was a scripture that came to me. It's based around a scripture by um, it's Romans five three through five. And um, my mother's it, it's, favorite verses. Then you're going to know what it's my mother's it. favorite verses. That's great. Okay. Love that. Go ahead. Wow. <laughs> uh, we're we're uh, we're separated by one degree. Here we are. Exactly. Here we are. <laughs> so I read the verse, and so I I, I applied it because it hit me. so so powerfully. And this is what I wrote. As moms, we walk through the struggles and trials and hardships of our kids' choices. It's painful and it's agonizing to watch. We can lose, we can quickly lose hope. But isn't it true that through each struggle, it produces perseverance? As we persevere, we learn character, character that's been hidden, We never knew about the character that persevering through the struggles would produce inside of us. It's almost as if the character comes bursting out of us like a comet shooting out of the sky in a huge ball of light. Character builds us up. It whispers, keep going. It makes us stronger, moms. It forces us to grow emotionally in ways we never dreamed. And when we are pulled out of our comfort zone and perseverance, And character are developed, isn't hope then produced? Hope that our kids will turn out okay. Hope that they will survive through each of their storms. Hope that God is holding them in the palm of his hands. Hope that they are developing into purpose-filled men and women. Hope that they are learning the lessons in each decision that they make in their life. Hold tight to hope. Hope never disappoints. Mm -hmm. So you ask me, how does my faith deal with motherhood? It is the only way I have been able to get through it. Can I share another lesson story? So I want you, I'll kind of turn my back a little bit because I'll pretend like I have like a whiteboard behind me. (laughs) I want you to imagine a line that I draw across this whiteboard, but I want you to imagine this line goes infinitely to the left And infinitely to the right. That line is God's line. Now I want you to go up to that line and I want you to erase about two inches and let's draw it right here below God's line. That line is your line. Now there are only four things that you can control on your line, and that's what you think, what you say, what you feel. And what you do, it's your actions. Everything else is on God's line. So my faith and my parenting, when my kids make choices that I absolutely cannot change, it's their actions, right? I, I, I'm i a visual person. I scoop up that that action, that choice, and I throw it up on God's line. I say, that's yours. That is on your line. I physically I can't take it. You know, I, I, I can't control that they've cheated on a test. I can't control that they're smoking cigarettes. I can't control the friend groups that they're that they're um that they're part of. I can't control them lying. I can't control it. But guess what? I can control. I can control those four things that I shared with you. I can forgive them when they make a mistake, knowing that I've been forgiven and gosh knows I make mistake after mistake. I can forgive them. I can love them. I can pick them up. I can dust them off. I can give them a swift kick in the rear to keep going. I can, I can tape. I do this. I can tape Bible scriptures on their bathroom walls and on their mirrors. And they say, mom, that's so stupid. I don't even read those come on, as I post one up their curiosity peaks, they want to know what that is. So don't tell me you don't read it. Um, I can, I, I have control over me and my faith has made me realize that. And I've realized that I have to rely on God and I have to rely on his love and his strength, knowing that he created my kids. He created them. He knit them together and he has this plan for them. That is a plan. I can't see. I don't know what this plan is. What I do know is they have to walk through all of these struggles, every single one of them, because God says you, you have to walk through them to learn every single lesson to get to what I need you to get to here, what I have planned for you. So if I didn't have faith, I wouldn't that's how, that's how faith has helped me as a mom. I don't know if I would be able to get through the fires and choices and the punches in life. And with my kids choices, if I didn't have my faith, it is my rock for sure.
0: I am so glad that you just shared the God's line tool because that I remember when that came to you and I remember you talking about it. Obviously it's in the book. Um, that is such a powerful, simple visual, but Mm -hmm. also a a way to remember how to control the controllables and let go of the uncontrollables, put them on God's line. You cannot change somebody else. Trust him. He's got it. You got to trust him with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Yes. In the book, you share a lot of different tools, some of the different things that you have learned. Um, God's line is one of them. Can you share another one of your tools? Um, Another, I mean, I talk a lot about just role
1: modeling and being the role model for your kids, because they watch everything you do. They don't listen to a word you say, um, they're watching. Um, so role model, I talk about, um, that I, I talk about, um, gosh, I talk about curty like being courteous. And what does that look like? Forgiveness. Um, I share some pretty, uh, I share some of my baggage as well. And the agonies that, watching the decisions that my, my boys are making, which then has brought up baggage from my past. Right. Um, that has been uh, a big thing. I, I just have different. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think what other um, I'll have to look up my, you, you think, you know, gosh, you know, you would know everything um, in there, but um, you know, another big thing that I talk about is it will be worth it at the end all of the t- i think a big theme is intentionality and having the intentionality behind role modeling and having patience and having perseverance and developing character and having if i didn't say forgiveness already um it, in and being kind and i i think that there has to be a lot of intentionality because what i'm learning and what i've learned is this When you look at yourself in the mirror, and let's say you are not happy with the direction your relationships are going with your kids, with your family, you have no one to blame but yourself. I I firmly feel that way. I firmly feel you need to look at the mirror because there was a time when I looked in the mirror and I was scared. I was scared because Billy shared with me something that was so powerful, that changed the trajectory of my life, I was a screamer and I yelled all the time. And he came to me and he said, Tanya, you keep screaming at your boys and me and you're going to push them away and you're going to push me away. I was like, whoa. So when I looked in the mirror, I was like, wow, I don't like what I'm looking at. And I have to be in charge of changing. It starts with me. It doesn't start with, I can't expect Billy to change. I can't expect my boys to change. I think that's another big theme in here in the book. Um, It starts with you. It starts with you. And that's in anything. If you don't like your friendship relationships, if you don't like your relationship with your spouse, any relationship, if you don't like it, you're in, it's on your line. It's in your control. You can change it. And I'm in this book. I am all about giving you hope to let you know it's not too late to change. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, change it. You have complete control. And let me just share with you, you know, here's some
0: tools that I've, that I've learned along my journey. Right. It's so um, interesting. And and it's so easy to say, look in the mirror, it's so hard to do it. You know, we don't like to see where we're falling short. We don't like to admit that we're not doing our best or we're not at our best, but, but when you do, Mm -hmm. then you have potential to grow. Then you can, then you can start up that mountain, right? That's, but it's, it does start with facing where you are from your perspective, what's within you and that you can change.
1: Wouldn't you uh, agree that when people make the most changes, when like the biggest changes in their life, it comes from a single moment, like a hit over the head. And that my single moment was Billy. He literally like his words were a a dagger to the heart. And that was my wake up call. It was almost really, I call that God hitting me over the head and saying, you have a choice, girlfriend. You either change or you're going to lose your family. And that was not the option. I was not going to lose my family. And I was, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't expect them to change. I had to be the one that changed. So, oh, but isn't it, it true? Like it's, it's always so true. And moment. it's
0: why this podcast is named. It just takes one because it's through It just takes one, one moment, one word, one person to to set you in a completely different direction and sometimes you recognize it even in the moment you sort of have that sensation like this this is one of those transformational moments and sometimes it comes to you many years later when you look back and go that was the moment right that yeah. is that is so funny that you
1: said, so I'm reading a book. It's just started. It's called divine direction by Craig Rochelle. And I'm only, I haven't even gone to chapter one, but I got to look, I wrote, it took one. And he talks about literally one defined divine decision. And we, we talk about like small decisions and make up big decisions, right? And we don't realize that sometimes we're kind of on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So can I share with you one more thing? Yeah, because it has a lot to do with one single decision. Yeah. And so basically what I wrote, I had, I thought back to, okay. My one decision was Billy had an honest conversation with me that yelling was going to push my boys away. And I said, Whoop, wake up call. Mm-hmm. Now I had a decision to make. I realized and I decided I had to change. Next decision was I focused my attention on devotionals and yelling, about yelling, sought out mentors, read books, devoured parenting podcasts. That was a small decision. Then that small decision made me build up a war room. And each day I paste scriptures on my wall. And every day um, I wake up, I read and I started reading books by Max Licato. And then the next decision, like after that little decision, I then became reflective writing during 2020, had a lot of time with God in my war room, and he was changing me from the inside out. Those decisions all led to me writing a book so that God will use me to help other moms. Those small decisions, little decisions created this
0: Created this, so yeah, amazing. A little amazing. Share. I can't let that go without taking one moment to talk about your war room, though. Show ah, what your war room, is. I wish you had a
1: picture that you could show. I, know, I
0: wish I did as well.
1: <laughs> if I didn't know, I would have sent it to you, and you could have posted it. <laughs> because it's so much better to see right in a picture. So my war room is my bathroom <laughs> it is my little single toilet room that is covered it started Andrew and Daniela bought me a um a board it says prayers and has like three uh like lines with clo- clothes pins on it and uh it, it's there it's made from a pallet and it's small it's not super huge and i i pasted in front of my toilet on the wall and, and you, you know my little room is tiny I, I i touch every. i mean i can touch everything and um i started pasting that's right when my i started spending time my first waking morning and moments with god i started everything i was learning and, and scriptures that were speaking to me prayers i started pasting them well I probably have about 200 (laughs) pace. I mean, when I tell you, it is my stronghold. It is my war room, literally against, and of course I call it my war room against Satan. And it is covered with scripture and motivational messages and, um, and, and prayers, uh, for my family, for my boys. I have lists of names that I, uh, that I, I pray for but that is my war room. I feel so protected in my war room. Don't mess with me in my war room.
0: I love that. And if you have a picture, send it, if I can figure out a way to put it up with the podcast, I'll I'll share it. So everyone can see,
1: I know I'm trying to uh, because I mean I, I and I almost took a picture of it um this morning because it was like <laughs> funny. I I don't know if I have Oh, I do.
0: Okay.
1: How do I do, here? I'll I'll send it to you, Kelly. Nice.
0: <laughs> so while you're there doing you are. that, um Let's talk about what's next. So there are probably some moms who are listening that are going nodding their head with this and going, Oh yeah, I need to connect with this woman. I, I mm-hmm. understand where she's coming from. I need to, I need to link arms. How, what's next for you? How can they, how can they find you and what are you doing so that you can continue to spread this message? Yes. So, um, and you can probably put it down on the, um, show notes,
1: um, below, but, uh, you, I blog every single week. Um, and the way you can connect with me is with um at tanyapersian.com forward slash blog. Actually, um I, it is forward slash mom, I believe. And I'll I'll confirm that with you. Great. Um my social media is uh Tanya Persian um on um Facebook and I'm T Persian on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, connect in. Uh, jump on Amazon. You can grab my book, uh, at, at Amazon. Uh, you can do that. I, I do speaking events. If you want me at speaking events, um, I can do that.
0: Um, yeah, so good. So good. Um, If you haven't followed Tanya on social media yet, please do, just please do, because you never know what you're going to get. The other day I happened to be, I was making dinner, so I just had it on while I was making dinner, and sure enough, Tanya's got an egg, and she's freaking out over this hard-boiled egg and all these new ways that you have to peel eggs.
1: (laughs) It is mind-blowing, because that egg trick, it's like, it's like, it morphs off the the whole shell and it's like a snake shedding its skin and it's fabulous. It's so
0: zenful. There's something about it that is yeah, and, and and you can't it's like the train wreck. Once you start, you can't stop. You have to keep watching. So if you if you haven't followed Tanya, please do. I guarantee not only will you feel connected, but you will you will be entertained, but you will be you will be understood. That's what it feels like when you connect with Tanya. That uh, she just yeah. thanks Kelly. I want to. I want to end. We we talked a little bit about it. Just takes one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually think I would like to end by reading a little bit of the closing of your book. Oh, because I think you're gonna make me cry again. A little bit second time. I think the first time when you hear somebody read your words, it's always emotional. I remember the first mm-hmm. time somebody read my words. It was Larry Indiviglia, our, our uh. mutual friend read mine to me the first time. And it it does, there's Mm -hmm. something about being read back to with your words that is really emotional. Mm -hmm. But this time, I think you'll just be nodding your head because this is exactly right. In the final paragraphs of the book, you write, I have a holy cause. Mm -hmm. I have a mission worth living for and a faith worth sharing. My mission for this book is to tell each mom out there that you are not alone. I want to give you encouragement, provide you with a toolbox full of parenting skills, and to cheer you on. I want to help you raise the momming bar way above average. And so you know, momming is not all sparkles and tutus all the time. And that's okay. I want to be your cheerleader. I want to be able to serve you. I want to give to you and share with you all that I'm learning as a mom. So you do not feel alone on this journey of motherhood. I want you to start thinking about your personal parenting toolbox to allow you to grow stronger as a mom for your family. We are in this together. I love
1: it. It is. It's just, It is my mission. It is my mission, my mission. I'm there to tell moms like it's not too late. I want to I would just do I want to cheer them on. I want I that one thing, Kelly, was saying yes to God. I said yes. I was obedient to his word and I wrote a book. Never dreamt about it. It just came to me. And I hope. That I can share those lessons and make a difference in moms' lives, who are at their wits' end. That they are like, I want to be a better mom. I want. I don't want to live average. That's my hope.
0: Mm. Beautiful, Tanya. It's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for sharing and for being authentically you. I Thank appreciate you, you Kelly. Very much.
1: Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me.
0: I absolutely love Tanya's energy and you can hear in everything that she does, her passion and her just overwhelming desire to, to help moms, to help all of us who are moms to recognize that we are not alone. I wanted to just pull out a couple of things that I think were really important to note, a couple of the tools that Tanya recommended as we were talking. One of them was her description of her war room. <laughs> I love the idea of having my bathroom wall covered with all of these motivational quotes. And, and mostly, you know, it brought me back to even when my kids were little and thinking about how difficult it is to find a space of your own and how sometimes the bathroom was the only place to find a little bit of peace and quiet to get your head settled and give yourself a little break from all of the challenges that you were facing. So if you are a mom, I hope you have a war room or can create one because I think it's a wonderful tool to help us become better moms. You also heard in the conversation a lot about Tanya's faith. She is a very faith based and purposefully driven. And I really love her tool, God's line versus your line. Such a powerful visual and just a really good way to think your way through a situation and feel your way into a challenge. Once again, she said, You can only control on your line four things. That's it. What you think, what you say, what you feel, and what you do. That's it. If the challenge that you're facing does not fall into one of those categories, then toss it up to God. It's on his line and he'll take care of it. That's just a beautiful image and really uh, a useful tool, I think, for all of us as we face any kind of challenge or struggle in life. So much more in that episode. I hope that you will follow Tanya. I'll put her contact information in the show notes. And also you can pick up her book, Momming, It's Not All Sparkles and Tutus on Amazon. As we head out today, I will remind you of her final message, which is that you are not alone and that we're all in this together. I hope you enjoyed this episode of It Just Takes One. Stay tuned for more authors, more episodes coming soon.